learn about the strides female entrepreneurs of color are making. Be inspired by their story and enlightened by their leadership insight and advice. Welcome to season two of She Leads Podcast, leadership empowerment for women of color. I'm your host, Nicole Walker, a mother, businesswoman, and leader. Our guest for today is Erica Jefferson. Erica Jefferson is the president and founder of Black Women in Science and Engineering, also known as BeWise, an organization focused on bridging the leadership gap for Black women in STEM. She received her MBA from Georgia Tech and her BS in Chemical Engineering from LSU. She has worked for top companies such as Amoco, Chevron, and Pixar in a myriad of leadership and executive roles ranging from sales and business development to supply chain and operations excellence. Her more than two decades of experience led her across the nation from Chicago to Greenville, Charlotte, Atlanta, and eventually Houston. In her free time, she loves to travel internationally and also founded a meetup group in Houston called Houston Black Newcomers that boasts more than 1,800 members to date. About BeWise, Black Women in Science and Engineering was founded in 2015 with the purpose to support underrepresented women through networking, mentorship, and career development. The group consists of Black women from middle management through senior leadership with degrees in sciences, math, and engineering who would like to connect with others. The organization provides a platform and a space to share career experiences and be encouraged. The BY's focus is on career advancement through personal and professional development. Without further ado, Leadership Empowerment with Erica Jefferson. Okay, so Erica, I read your bio and I love the meaning behind your company name, Black Women in Science and Engineering, also known as BYs. Yeah. Yes, and I love that you've taken the charge to bridge the leadership gap for Black women in STEM. So kudos to you for that. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Yes, that's awesome. Having a computer science degree, I definitely understand, you know, that women and Black women especially are not as prevalent in the STEM arena. So that's awesome. We're here. We're not in in large numbers, but we're struggling. And the reason I started this is because I keep seeing lots of folks who are not in STEM or don't have backgrounds in these fields, pushing girls into these fields with very little knowledge or training or understanding of what it means to be a scientist or engineer or work in computers. And I wanted to make sure that those of us who are already committed and already served our time you know, at least have some kind of support. Awesome. That is awesome. Yes. Okay. All right. So Erica, I'd like to thank you for taking the time to be a guest on She Leads Podcast, Leadership Empowerment for Women of Color. We appreciate you blessing us with your insight today. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Awesome. All right. So now let's talk about leadership. So I myself feel that every person is a leader in one shape or form, whether they realize it or not. Would you agree, Erica? I would say that is absolutely correct. I think sometimes we have to tap into that. You've got a God-given ability to do something and lead people to uh, get things done. I just think we need to to tap into it. Yes, I agree. 
Okay. So can you tell us when you realized you were a leader and what or who helped you to come to this realization? From a purely career standpoint or, you know, working in my field uh, standpoint, it probably was when I first actually managed people and being responsible for their work and their progression in the job. But I think having started Be Wise, I have a whole new perspective on leadership because it's more than just, I'm going to give you these tasks and make sure that you get this done. And we're going to make sure that the company, you know, gets the work required of it. I think a leader goes beyond that. You know, they want their team to not just do the work, but they want them to grow personally and professionally. So having started Be Wise, even though none of these ladies report to me, you know, I feel like as the leader of, of this particular organization, you know, I want our women to thrive. I want them to be their best selves. So I think I have kind of changed my perspective from where I was when I, you know, first became a manager and what leadership was. Okay, thanks for that. Yes, I do agree with you that there definitely is a difference between manager and leader. Like you can be a leader and not have managed anyone in a career organization over your career span, but those leadership qualities and helping to build people up and and push them to be their best selves are what leadership is truly defined of. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Thanks for that. Okay. All right. So in my upcoming book, The Code of Leadership, The If-Then Process, I outline my experiences and lessons that have helped me to become a better leader with the intention of helping others do the same. Erica, can you share what you would consider to be your code of leadership and why? My code of leadership. So touching on what I just referenced is I think that concept goes beyond you know, watching people get the work done. It really beyond, it really goes to, you know, how can you inspire people to be their best selves? There's, to your point, lots of managers, but I think that's a calling to step into your knowledge and lead. You know, it doesn't have to be a big Fortune 500 mm-hmm. company. It could be at your church, right? You could be the leader of a organization or a nonprofit. So I think, you know, developing what it means to be able to inspire people to grow and develop and being able to bring your talents to share with people so that they can see that they can do it too. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. I heard a few things, being able to inspire people, develop people, and I think I heard empower, empowering others as well. Absolutely. We have, you know, lots of opportunities during the day to, you know, complete tasks, but when have you felt like I was called to do this work? And I think, you know, some of the best leaders, they can see those things, you know, in their, in their folks and draw that out of them. And, you know, obviously the, the whole team is going to benefit when you've got highly motivated, dedicated folks who are in their zone, right? So they're doing what they're put here to do. And they're growing and learning and hopefully becoming leaders or better leaders themselves. So leaders to get leaders. Yes, yes, I totally agree. Thanks for that. Okay, so I believe all leaders experience failure. I myself, I don't like to consider them failures. I like to consider them lessons, take more of an optimistic view. But Erica, can you share your view on failure and what it means to you? I too, that failure has such a negative connotation. It means that that's kind of the end, right? I did this and that's the end. Well, I think 
that's just the beginning of that particular learning process. And so I've certainly had occasions where I just fell flat on my face and it was hard, both, you know, from the embarrassment standpoint, everybody wants to do a good job. And also, you you know, in the workforce, you certainly, you don't want to show weakness. Oh my gosh, I'm not good at this. Now they know that I can't do this or, you know, someone's better than me. So, you know, what I've heard and I wholeheartedly agree with is to fail fast and get back up. You know, you did this wrong or didn't turn out or this wasn't best suited for you. You know, say, okay, take the time to absorb it. You know, don't jump up before you've processed, you know, what has happened. But once you've processed it, we don't want to wallow. We want to get up and learn from those experiences. What did I do wrong? What didn't I see? What could have prevented that from happening? What can I take from that lesson so that it doesn't happen again? Or what can I take and say, you know what, this is an issue. And it's probably not just an issue with me. Maybe that's your life calling. You've stumbled across something that, you know, many other people, you know, could have the same issue with. And you can take that and turn, you know, a failure into an innovation. I think for me, that's what I did for the creation of Be Wise. I said, you know, there are a lot of us who are struggling. You know, we're not making it to senior level positions, even though we've certainly got the time in, we've got the technical ability, we've got the experience. And yet, you know, we're still middle manager, you know, with 25 years of experience. We're now managing people that are children's age. And so I said, okay, clearly I've missed some key lesson that I should have as far as driving my career, managing my career. I'm going to take that and expand that. Really, it was really just supposed to be Houston, Texas. But I'm going to expand that and see if there's anyone else who's experiencing that, that maybe can benefit from what I've learned. And hopefully I can learn from what she's experienced. And I had no idea that it was going to grow from eight people in 2015 to almost 1,600 people around the country. So, you know, take a failure and, and reshape it, repurpose it and make it a innovation. Be disruptive. Yes, yes. Be disruptive. I love that. I love that. I love that story, too. You actually just answered two questions. Well, maybe I'll ask you anyway, just in case you have a different one. But um, just to circle back, I heard you say a few things. Failure is just the beginning to tell people to fail fast and get sure. back up, but not before processing to make sure that you can do things differently the next time around. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah, that was awesome. So then the next question, and you can choose to skip it or not. Can you share a time that you failed as a leader and tell us what you learned from that experience that helped you to become a better leader? Oh, I think in this role as leading this organization, I I fail on a daily basis because I'm learning. (laughs) I'm learning, right? I, you know, I tell people engineers are famous for knowing or thinking that they know everything. Oh, I can fix that. I don't do that. And we don't. You know, I've had some wake up calls. You know, and running this, you know, this business where someone's had to point out, you're not a graphic artist. Okay, that does not look good. I'm like, it looks great. But that <laughs> is not my, that's not my area. But as an engineer, I tell myself I can do these things. I don't need help. You know, I can make do with the skills that I have. And that's, that's not correct. So, I, you know, I'm always failing. Like, oh, that didn't work. I have meetings that didn't go the way I wanted. That didn't work. So, you know, it's an iterative process. I'm always saying, okay, that didn't work. I did not do that the way I wanted. How can I do better the next time? Because I don't think you stop failing. When you stop failing, you start, stop growing. People who are not failing, I think famous saying is, aren't doing anything. So you're always going to be failing because you should be always learning and growing. 
And so that's part of growing. You know, when you were a baby, you didn't just stand up and start walking across the room. You fell down, got back up, fell down again. So I think that's just all part of the process. We just have to be better at recovering from that. Okay. Yes. I like that. Thanks for sharing. Okay. So Erica, do you feel it's easier, harder, or requires the same effort to be a female leader in the entrepreneur ecosystem and why? I would love to say that it is the same, but honestly, I think most people understand how could it be? The system is not set up for females to succeed. And so we've had to work within the confines of the system, you know, both as a leader and also working, you know, in some of these emerging industries. So as a female leader, entrepreneur, I think we are having to carve out new ways for things to work for us. And it is difficult. People who tell you, oh, well, you know, I choose the best. I don't see gender. I don't see race. Not only do I don't think that's true, I think, how could you not see something that is so a part of someone? <laughs> you see if someone's tall, someone tall walked in the room, you're like, I didn't see that person was tall. <laughs> so for females, you know, and, and females, you know, we don't always get the credit and we get the credit in traditional areas. So caregiving and things like that. But we're very resourceful. And so where we see a roadblock, if we can't go around it, then we'll figure out a way to go under it. So I think you have to take those innate abilities, things that, you know, have just developed, you know, over time and use that to get what you want out of the system because it is not built for us. You know, outside of a few industries, maybe healthcare, nursing, teaching, you know, we're not the dominant gender in those fields. So you're going to have to, you know, figure out a way to get things accomplished, you know, the best way you can. Okay. Thanks for that. Yes. I heard you feel that it's harder, but we make a way. We make a way out of no way. That's right. Yes. That's right. You have to. Exactly. Okay. All right. So productivity is a hot topic right now, as it should be. Many people want to mm-hmm. know how to do more with less and be efficient. Mm-hmm. As a successful mm-hmm. leader, this is a must. Erica, do you have any productivity tips to share with our listeners? Focus. If I had to recommend one thing is focus. Sometimes we want to do 15 different things and studies have shown that the brain just, you know, you think you're multitasking, but you're really, you're just doing multiple things probably in a less effective way. So I see a lot of entrepreneurs, I don't know if it's gender dependent, but a lot of entrepreneurs, especially in the beginning, because, you know, you don't have a lot of money unless you do. If you have a lot of money, then you can, you know, hire people to do all these things. But most of us start, you know, bootstrapping And, you know, you don't have the money for a publicist and a PR person and event planner and an accountant. So we're wearing all those hats. And what happens is, you know, we're not doing any of them very well. And so I've taken this advice. I've not taken this advice, but I've certainly given it is focus. What are your strengths? The rest of it, you know, parse that out. You know, if you've got a good girlfriend that's an accountant, say, hey, could you do this or look at these numbers for me? I'm so overwhelmed and I'm, I'm afraid that, it, you know, it's not going to you know, be my best work. I could do it, but I know you could do it better. Work share. You got to focus on the things that are critical for entrepreneurs. That's not raising venture capital. It's getting customers and generating revenue. That's what you got to do. And your focus has to be on that. And in order to get that, you know, and be productive, you may have to, you know, enlist volunteers or hire virtual assistants are relatively affordable, certainly in the beginning of a lot of small businesses. 
but you got to focus so that you can get the important things done. Don't sweat the small stuff. Okay. Thanks for that. That was great. Now, I heard you say something, and I'm not sure exactly what the background of it is, but you said work share. Can you give us a little background on that? Sure. So, you know, one thing with what we do with BWISE is we have an incredible number of talented women whose backgrounds are in STEM, you know, but have developed other skill sets throughout their career. So we have industrial engineers who are PR and marketing people. We have folks who are really great at graphic arts and things like that. And so a lot of us are still trying to build our business. So what we try to do at BWISE is collaborate. So I've got someone who does a lot of my PR and marketing, you know, she charges me a very low flat fee just so she could cover her costs and I refer business to her. Or if she has something that I'm particularly good at, I do that. So, you know, certainly for young or new entrepreneurs, you know, look for a way to share work that you can get a benefit and someone else can also build up their portfolio of work too. So if you have a girlfriend that's wanting to start an accounting firm on her own, you know, be her first client. Right. Check her out first, of course. They should not get you uh, audited. It's just not going to get you audited. But uh, if, she's, if she's smart, if she's a good girlfriend, you know, work that out. Everything doesn't have to be about, you know, financial transaction. Maybe you want to babysit her kids, you know, while she goes out on the town or something. But figure out a way to be creative so that you can get the work that you need done and minimize, obviously, your cost. Yes, I love that. Yes. And I do wholeheartedly believe that we need to collaborate with one another. So thanks for that. I'm glad I asked that question. Okay. So Erica, can you share an experience that blessed your leadership and tell us the outcome or the takeaway that you learned? Wow. I've had so many. I just post, I write a post probably once a month and I just wrote a post thanking all the wonderful people who have crossed my path and given me things. So I am blessed on a regular basis. And I tell people it's those blessings that keep you going when, you know, the crappy stuff happens. So I've been fortunate to have people step in my life and give me guidance. I have people, you know, call up and say, hey, there's a program I think you should apply. I'm going to grease the path to make sure you have a better, you know, likelihood of getting it. So, so many things that have happened. You know, at one point I was afraid to wish something or speak something because it appeared immediately. If I said, oh gosh, I sure would like to meet Nicole and do a podcast, you know, in a couple of days, Nicole would reach out, hey, I'm doing this podcast. I want, want to know if you want to be a part of it. So I had to be very mindful <laughs> of speaking things into existence before I was ready for them to come. But I've been so blessed in so many ways. And it really does make the dark days bearable. And those will come. I talk a lot to other entrepreneurs about, you know, the ugly side of entrepreneurship. So, you know, startups are popular now. You're getting this million dollars for your business and you're traveling, you're on TV talking about how smart you are and your product is great. But nobody talks about after the cameras, you know, turn off and uh, and the co-signs off and, you know, I'm alone at this desk and thinking, this is the stupidest idea I've ever had. (laughs) So, (laughs) you know, I think those wonderful things keep you going and you always have to, you have to seek those out because you're going to have bad days. I posted last week about making sure you fill your cup. You can't fill from an empty cup. So, you know, if you're struggling emotionally, psychologically, mentally, spiritually, however way, and you haven't, you know, filled that up with family, friends, things you like to do, it's going to be hard. Entrepreneurship is hard already, but that's going to be make it even harder. 
Okay. Thanks for that. Yes, I, I like that. I like that. And I do agree with you that pulling on those blessings during the dark times are what can keep you going. And they are, there are dark times. And I know I have sat and wondered what exactly am I doing? So I can relate a hundred percent. I think it's so important. I don't know how I'm exactly going to position this, but I think it's so important not just to have accountability partners, but to have people who cheer you on. Nicole, I saw that. Your book, girl, I'm going to send that book to 10 people. You know, people who are your cheerleaders, even when you don't believe in yourself, right? They're able, and I'm not talking about your mother because, you know, our mothers and grandmothers, you could really publish the, the telephone book and they think it was great. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, people who can give you critical advice and, you know, something, respect from a person who understands, you know, what you, what your product is and say, this is fabulous. You know, for the members of BYs, you know, they know if they sneeze, I'm going to post it. Nicole sneezed today, and it was one of the best sneezes I've ever seen. That I know her, her lungs are great, you know, because that <laughs> sneeze came out. So I just believe in finding that tribe of women that, you know, can support you and encourage you just to keep you going. It's so important. Yes, I agree. Thanks for that. And thanks for the laughs. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yes. So Erica, can you offer our listeners the best advice you have as a leader or have ever received from a leader and tell us how you've implemented it into your life? I would say from one of my dear mentors is a leader does not operate in a vacuum and they can lead because they have people providing them with things in the background. And so just because this person is an incredible leader doesn't mean that they've done all that work themselves. And this mentor told me to surround yourself with good and supportive and smart people. You know, have a board of directors, either a personal one that, you know, guides, you know, what you're doing or certainly one at work. Who are the folks, if you're working as opposed to entrepreneurships, who are the folks at your job that you can call on? You know, oh, well, Tracy always makes sure my numbers look right. And, you know, Lisa makes sure she runs a spell check on my emails to make sure it looks good. You know, having that that tribe, whatever you want to call it, a tribe, board of directors, you know, click, posse, that will build you up as a leader. Because, you know, your team is looking for you as, you know, I won't say perfection, but they're looking for you for guidance and knowledge and wisdom. They don't need to know there's 15 people behind you holding you up. So I think finding those people who can help you be your best self as a leader. Okay. Thanks for that. Yes. And I do agree. We all need someone to hold us up. Even, you know, the president has his people, you know, that holds him up and we all need that as well. So thanks for that. Absolutely. Okay, so you made it to the finish line. How do you feel? I like it. What's next? What's more? What else can we talk about? (laughs) (laughs) Right? No, it is. Uh, Thanks for that. That was awesome. Yes. Well, I mean, it is one last part that you can talk about, which hopefully you'll enjoy. So we'll go into that now. So I want to thank you again for being my guest on She Leads Podcast, Leadership Empowerment for Women of Color. But before we part, do you want to give our listeners your contact information or mention any events, products, services, and ventures that they would benefit from knowing about? Sure. So I just want to give a shout out to, of course, our LinkedIn group. That's where a lot of our ladies around the country are. And so if you're on LinkedIn, just follow me, our Black Women in Science and Engineering. We would love to have you join this incredible network of women. We also have a website, www.bysusa.org. 
and we try to highlight, you know, women who are doing incredible things in STEM. You'd be surprised. You know, Hidden Figures was a wonderful movie, but we've got hidden figures all over the place. So, you know, we try to share and educate, uplift, empower everyone, really, not just African-American women, but anyone on that website. And then we also have Twitter, BeWise underscore USA at BeWise. So you can find us just about anywhere. We're all over the place, hoping to bridge that leadership gap for Black women and, and let people know that we're doing things. So that's our contact. So we've got so many things going on. This particular month is incredibly busy. We have six chapters, Houston, Atlanta, D.C., Chicago, San Diego, and now Austin. And quite a few of those cities have events coming up in the next month. We've got something in Austin, so please check us out on LinkedIn. And we've got another event coming up this weekend in Atlanta and monthly events around the country. So we hope to see you there. And listen, we don't give people math tests. You don't have to take a math or algebra test to be a member of BY. So don't let that stop you. If you're an accountant, come on over. We may be talking about some technical things, but if you can keep up, we'd love to have you. Okay, great. Well, thank you so much. And I appreciate connecting with you. I really enjoyed this interview with Erica. I love Erica's passion for STEM, which is an acronym for science, technology, engineering, and math. STEM is an underrepresented field for minority women, and Erica works diligently to level the playing field in this arena. Minority women enhance the value of STEM disciplines. Thus, more women of color need to have awareness, understanding, and training in these fields. I admire Erica's proposal to turn failure into innovation. As Erica stated, the failure or problem you face could be your calling. This may be the area you are here to fix in the world. Erica mentioned that we should be disruptive, and I totally agree. Being disruptive in business refers to an innovation that creates a new market and value network that disrupts an existing market and value network in an effort to change the way things are done. Amazon is an example of being disruptive by having such a large and diverse inventory and providing two-day shipping to customers. Amazon changed retail with his innovative approach. I can relate to Erica's battles with staying focused and avoiding the tendency to multitask. I agree with Erica on multitasking being a myth. As Erica stated, when multitasking, you may do many things. However, none are done with complete efficiency as divided attention yields mediocre results. A quote from Marilyn Van Savant reads, multitasking arises out of distraction itself. Successful leaders know that focus is important because it is the gateway to all thinking. And without good focus, all aspects of your ability to think will suffer. Nicole Walker's takeaway for this week. Erica mentioned finding creative ways to get the job done under financial constraints. My takeaway for this week is to look for opportunities to work share with other entrepreneurs. We all have so many talents that we can help each other out in an effort for us all to win. Before there was money, there was the bartering system to exchange goods and resources with one another. I will make it my business to use work sharing to grow my business as honestly, my funds are currently limited. 
but I will not let this deter me. And now we have Nicole Walker's Leadership Challenge of the Week. We want to hear from you. We would love to know your thoughts about leadership empowerment with Erica Jefferson. What did you learn? What do you agree with? What did you like? Or you can tell us what you did not like, what you do not agree with, or what you think should be changed. Go to Facebook at She Leads Podcast and let us know. Respondents will be entered into a random drawing for a Genius is Common t-shirt. Thanks, and until next time, be empowered and empower on.